93.7 FM. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. This is the Spirits of New Mexico with my good friend and sommelier, Jim Hammond, and, well, Southern Glacier Wine and Spirits. Kevin Petrosnik here, and we are live on Facebook Live, as well as here with you on a Saturday night. Jim Hammond is enjoying himself some unbelievable wine, as uh, you're about <laughs> to take a little journey in as well to uh, a lot of wine uh, discussion, as we have each and every week. I think we've been running this uh, program now in our seventh year, officially. I looked at this stuff, and yeah. here we are, seven years in, guys, and... Uh, uh, as Kevin would say, Lahayim, or as uh, to life, baby. That's yeah. exactly right. Oh, we're really seven years. Seven. I don't years. know if I've been on the air seven years. I think it's been like five. I think you've really? been uh, six. We, I think you're six. Six. Yeah, wow. you're six. You're twenty uh, late twenty fourteen. Wow, yeah. a good part of it. Yeah, so. that's unbelievable. Here we are. Here we are. And uh, who do we have? And what do we have uh, this week, gentlemen? I know we've uh, each one of you have brought your bottles of wine to. Share showdown. with one another and everybody else, but uh, we've got, uh, before we set up with the rest of the show, tell us uh, what we're going to be drinking here this afternoon. Or this morning, I guess, we, we could say. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, this uh, morning and this afternoon. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> and this evening. And this, yeah, we're going to go all all day for it. So we have two Margot wines. Now, it's interesting, when I was writing up this up, uh, and I thought we had already done the Margot. I mean, I talked about it enough, but we had not. We have done saint Julia. We have actually we did two of those. We did uh, two of the uh, two Pioyac wines. We did. Uh, oh, those were special. Yeah, and we did Santa Steph, and we also did the Right Bank wines. And but for some reason, I was shocked to find no Margots because it's my favorite wine in the Bordeaux area. Has well, been for a long time. It's almost. Um, I hate to use the word uh, ubiquitous, right? When people think of French wine and in that region, they think of Margot. I think so, a, a lot of people do. I, I yeah. mean, it's, it's got a great name. It's got yeah. a very sexy name. It's a very feminine name. And it's a first, fact, it's a first growth name. Yeah, and well, yeah, Chateau Margot is is the only um, is, is the only first growth that is also the name of the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only one named after the region, and it's uh, one of the most. You know, a lot of people think it's the most feminine, the most eloquent, the most delicate of of the wines there. And the one we're trying right now certainly cl- classifies as that. This is a 2014 Chateau de la Casse. It's a Margot uh, from the northern part of the Margot region. Uh, that was uh, a very challenging year, uh, as it as it turned out. It was, uh, in, in fact, uh, pardon? Yeah, I'm putting it in front of the camera so we can see it. Yes, they absolutely should see that. Okay. So, nice that, job, Kevin. I appreciate the uh, show and tell going on. Uh, it's great. Uh, put it a little bit closer to the camera now that I'm looking at the camera. There it is, so everybody can see it. He's a very experienced show and tell guy, you know. <laughs> so we're back to school, folks. Here we are. Hey, I was in the I was ahead of the AV club, man. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. And so anyway, I'm reading the 2014. Uh, you know, because whenever we do this, I always like to check the vintage year. I already had done the 2000, 2016 with the other wine. But uh, I looked at 2014, I, and reading through it, it was I could just imagine being in the shoes of the been around there, uh, the the guy who was growing the, the, the grapes, and the emotional up and down roller coaster he would have from an area that looked like an early bud break. Oh, this is going to be great, and then we had uh, a little bit too much rain, and then we had drought conditions, mm-hmm. and it was and, and they had to be flopping back and forth between this, and oh. then finally. September and October were golden, and it, it, it all the way came through. And so I can imagine they were probably emotionally wrung out by, by that. It says, well, finally, finally we have the good weather to finish this off. And uh, so it ended up being a successful year, but a challenging one. Uh, again, the um, 2016 was considered definitely a better year. In fact, a lot of people thought 2016 by any Bordeaux from 2016. So what's the difference? Well, here's one difference right off the bat. This one is 13% alcohol. That's that's low, okay? The but thir- that, that's better, too. Yeah. I, I like them. A little less hot wines coming yeah. from that region. I've noticed in the hotter ones, you know, they tend to be more average Well, in taste. I don't know if, if, if you'll decide that with this one. But anyway, 13% <laughs> is, is, is a little bit low. I didn't low. say that. I said if yeah. they're hotter, they had more alcohol. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. See, this is one of those, this is not a good marketing term. Yeah, this wine is hotter. You know, if you say it's hot wine, that's one thing. If you say it's hotter, no, no, you just say it's it's got more body. 
Okay. <laughs> well, that, and that's more of it. You know, I think that's a real wine term. When you say it's hot, it just means it's alcoholic. Well, actually, when they say hot, they they usually mean that they 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 didn't extract enough, so you really get the heat from it in the back of your throat. That's really not what you want, right. and you won't exactly. get that from the 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 higher alcohol wine here. But uh, again, that's one of the factors to look at, and that's one of the reasons if you have a wine like the the 2016, you definitely want to decant it right away, which we did. We do double decants here. Uh, decant it with an aerator into a carafe and then back into the bottle. And that gives at least, you know, about an hour breathing time. Uh, and trust me, you want to give any really good red Bordeaux at least an hour of breathing time. Okay. Um, and uh, and if it's not breathing on its own, then, then you can uh, give it some mouth-to-mouth. But wow. usually that's not a problem. Wow. By, by the way, it's worth noting this this wine is, comes from our friends at uh, Taub Family Imports. The Taub Family, yeah, which I, is I the that right off the bat. Taub is uh, the owner of Palm Bay Imports as well. Right. So they have brands like Cabot and uh, the hot brand Roscato right now. I mean, everybody's drinking that. Oh yeah, uh, Roscato Dolce Rosso. So, um, but they're a great family, family-owned company, and they work with a lot of negotiants and bring in bring in these fantastic wines right. under under a different little section called Taub Family Imports. Tell them but, thank you. Uh, from yeah, all of no, us they here were they're here to here to support them, and they support us, and so I just want to give them a shout out. Yeah, good uh, friends of ours. Yeah, and and they do wonderful wines. This one very much uh, uh, it illustrates the feminine aspects, the elegant aspects of a wine. It is definitely ready to drink now. Normally, you would want eight to ten years, uh, but this one at at six years is, yeah. is actually showing really, really nice. And because it was le- less alcohol, I think it, it opens up sooner. And uh, I think it'll it'll still lay down for a while. Uh, I, I don't know what, what they rec- recommended for the, this one. But uh, anyway, it's quite wonderful. So, yeah, you were mentioning some of the cool notes in there, some of the uh, violets and yeah. flowery notes. Of, yeah. Really, uh, really. Once you started pointing it out, like I said, you know, it's, it, co- it comes to suggestion, right? Right, As soon exactly. as you started mentioning it, I started tasting it. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Yeah, well, that's a classic <laughs> element that that really differentiates the Margot from most of the other Red Bank wines. And, and uh, again, when you get more experience, you'll tell a Margot from any of the other Left Bank right off the bat because they, they it is this it, that is part of its signature. And uh, anyway, this one's wonderful. So, how does how did I Margot be my favorite wine uh, in the good question of the Red Bardo? Well. In fact, I was talking to Barbara about that. I, I said, Barbara, didn't you? Uh, w- w- wasn't it you that introduced me to Margot? She said, Well, probably was because you know she spent time. Uh, she was a couple of years in Europe working for Intel, and uh, so she went on all the junkets. So the, all the best wines they were drinking at all the places, and so she she loved the Margot wines. And so we're, we're in Cannes, uh, France, and uh, we take the train down to Monaco because it's mm-hmm. duty free. We go to a wine shop there, and we grabbed a bunch of Margot wines and brought them back home. And I was hooked on Margot, absolutely. Without, and also the town of uh, Monaco, which is... I've had the pleasure of going there. Oh, it is is—it is a fabulous place. I was place. there about 10 years ago for the Grand Prix. Oh, well, yeah. that that would have yeah. been that would have been hot. Yeah, that's just, just an amazing area. You it's just, just a sidebar, just... but it's unf- uh, so I, we stayed in Nice, and it was just beautiful. And went to Cannes Film Festival and the Grand Prix. It was just... Uh, Oh yeah, never, never will experience a trip like that again. I don't think in my lifetime I will. Yeah, that's just one of those things that just won't ever happen again. See, we we lost ago. Kevin here for a moment. He's in, he's dreaming about <laughs> France. <laughs> well, yeah, I, South I, France. Oh. I, I remember going along the so beautiful um, uh, going along the promenade of Cannes, yeah, uh, where the film festival is held, and I was the only really old guy on on roller skates, but I was blasting past all the younger ones out there. They were just amazed to see this six and a half foot guy. Flying by on skates, but it, it was a it was a great time. So you're actually seven feet on skates. People should know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know, you're true. Seven I, feet. You're I, I not was, six and a half foot. Uh, you're seven feet, and you coming uh, down. Uh, that's got to be a sight. <laughs> oh, they were they were all uh, they were all just amazed. When I says, Who is this guy? <laughs> How many roller skating stories, Kevin? Does uh, Jim <laughs> I mean, have? I mean, every time we're on the air, there's another roller skating. <laughs> story. I, I want my roller derby story. Is what I'm really looking for. When, when, when did you, uh, you know, pushing those ooh, women ooh. off the track? Hey, you know, I never thought about that. Uh, oh, uh, what a bunch of. <laughs> No, actually, you're right. I, I I never executed on that. I should have. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Okay, I'll self-correct myself. 
<laughs> you can tell we're already having fun with this wonderful wine. Again, it's 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 got really good extraction. The color of both of them is is very close. Uh, again, you got a lot of purple hues. Show and tell, Kevin. Lovely. And it's a lot. Like I said, it's very drinkable now. It's um, uh, I I really like it a lot. Uh, again, because the other one is a little bit more potent, we we should start this one first. Uh, which is one thing you if you're doing a tasting and you have a lower and a higher alcohol wine, they're both red. It's usually good to start with the lower one. Uh, it just if if you don't, the other one can really overpower it. And yeah, I mean you almost don't taste the alcohol in this at all. No, you don't. It's really so so in the background. Yeah, it's it's quite an eloquent wine. Yeah. So I, I like this one a lot. So. Um, and, uh, again, we talked about Chateau Margaux. Of course, that's a first-growth wine. Um, and uh, those, uh, they're, what, about $500 a bottle now? Somewhere around there. Uh, I mean, they're, that's got to be on the low end. Just a, they kind of scouring. I'm going to look yeah. it up because we sell it. So yeah. And, oh, wow. Kevin. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, the, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the 2000, uh, that Margaux, that was another experience. That was at the Zinc Cafe. They were doing a, uh, the, Judgment of Paris redo, and of course they didn't have the original wines from there. That wine, that dinner would have been a lot more expensive, but they did have a 2000 Chateau Margaux a bottle, and so we each got a couple of ounces of it, and uh, it was sitting on a table about 12 feet from me, and I knew which one was the Margaux. Yeah, this the shooting the, out of this, the bottle. This, oh, it just it was just like unbelievable, and they had a finish that went on and on. And on, it was just an absolutely incredible wine. That was a great experience to, to have. That Margot, uh, by the way, uh, Robert Parker gave it a 100, uh, the Margot 2000, the one right. that you were sitting in front of. And uh, Wine Spectator and uh, uh, yeah, Wine Enthusiast both gave it a 100 as well. In fact, if you're trying to pick up the latest Margot, uh, you're looking at double that. Uh, you got to get your prices right there. Uh, $980 uh, for starters and uh Across the board, 100s all the way, except for Decanter had a 98. Maybe they got a maybe they got a tougher criterion, but Parker gave it a 100. <laughs> that could well be. But by the way, I've only tasted two first growths, and that is the Latour and the Margot. Yeah, well, you got two great ones. <laughs> that's that's for sure. The Chateau Latour is. is I smelled the Rothschilds, but that's not a two. That's not a true uh, Mart. That's not a true premier first growth. That they they begged and pleaded to get into the. Uh, well, the 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 Bouton, yeah, that's because that, that was yeah. I think 1972, and and the Baron was really lobbying hard. He was really bending a lot of arms to to make sure he said, "No, I should be a first. I'm not a second. I should be a first. We will make you go bankrupt with our banks." Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, uh, he does wield a uh, you know at that time when this was happening, he wielded a considerable amount of influence and power. So that that could have been it. And you know, some people will say yes, that is a first growth. Some will say no, I think it's still a second growth. But um, and, you know, those are part of the debate. So that was part of what we called the 1855 classification, and okay. it's uh, it, at that time it was all about price. The most expensive wines got the highest rating, and what a shock! <laughs> the, the first gross are still the most expensive wines out there. <laughs> so some things haven't changed <laughs> since that time. I guess say for the record, we don't have any Margot in stock right now. Oh, because it, oh. it, it. I mean, I'm. It's allocated. So as soon as it yeah. comes in, it goes out. And it goes, you know, it, 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 they spread it around. So, and but, uh, when, when you say spread it around, will you guys pick up all of about maybe a case or two? At, at I don't, most? I'm in this one. I don't work on this portfolio, so I don't know how many cases we get uh-huh. per year. Uh, but it can't be it can't be more than a handful. Yeah. Um, right. We were on the 2012 vintage. That's what we right. were. The okay. last one we were selling. That's the current. Wow. That's the current vintage, right? Now. Okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah that's, that's very cool that we always get the insight from the market from Kevin. Absolutely. Uh, so what's happening out there? Oh, it's quite fascinating the, the information that we get from this guy across from me. Like he so, knows where it's at. Where you know how much? It, well, I got it right here whoa. in front of me. I'm, like, I'm looking it up on a computer. You don't keep it all in your head. I thought you uh, okay. <laughs> a peek behind the curtain. Exactly. So the uh, so, so like I said, so those are the first, second, third, fourth gross, uh, and those are the you know the first and second in particular. You're you're going to pay. An arm and a leg for them, and they really hold on to those uh, those beliefs. And so, partly you're going on by name. So anyway, you're you're looking at the Chateau Margaux, and if you happen to be there, and then you go to one of the smaller places around the Chateau Margaux, and you say, 
Well, they only rated that wine 89 points. I said, but it's only <laughs> it's only $20, <laughs> so I'm going to get some. And then you try it and you go like, you know what? This tastes like 94 points to me. I'm going to buy a case. Uh, so, you know, that's part of the thing is is you need to be tasting these things. If you're just going by name, unless you have a lot of money or you've just pulled something off the back of a truck, uh, you, you really need to, to look and make sure your palate really is <laughs> can justify the price. And you know you can't always judge it by the score, right? The score is no. can be misleading. No, sc- scores can be m- misleading, and and they are scores of someone else, okay? So you, you've read movie reviews, and you had someone, you just saw this movie, and you look at, how could you have given it that? You know, that's ridiculous. Everyone's taste is different in movies. It's also their palate is different for wine. So... That's what we're saying is if you've got unlimited funds and you just want to just buy the most expensive wines, great. But if you really want to educate your palate to know what you really like, uh, that takes a lot more work and it takes a lot more drinking wine. So this is actually the way we do it here. In, in the, here we try the wines and find out what we think of them. So the other uh, designation that you'll look at, of course, is is the uh, AOC de- designation. So this is the Appellation of Origin, Controlled Origin. Yeah, not and, the other AOC. Yeah, not the to other be clear, AOC. To no. clarify that. This is a good AOC. Yes. And it is. Uh, it was established. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, hey, I was enjoying wine. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got, <laughs> every time we say, every time we're in France and he says AOC, it just pops in my head. I can't help uh, it. Yeah, I well, can't help it. That's, sorry. I'll try to, we'll try to expunge okay. that from our consciousness if we possibly can. But anyway, the, the first one actually was the Chateau Neuf de Pop in 1923. That was the first one they actually mm. did some definition for. And, of course, that's still a great one. Oh, uh, we just had it a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's wonderful stuff. But anyway, it was 1935 officially that they decided, okay, the rest of France, we're going to use this, and we're going to call it the AOC system. And uh, so uh, uh, what they, the, the term to be aware of is appellation. That is the term that they use to identify this and... It is one that has been borrowed by almost everyone else. Everyone else talks about it. They may not pronounce it the same way, but they—that's—that's that's what they're talking about. And uh, so, almost in 2012, the EU basically made that a, a standardized thing, pretty much based on the French system because it was probably the the most strict uh, and, and 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 developed of any of the systems. So uh, again, if if you're looking at wines, the uh, the, the percentages of each is uh, the first is the vin de table, and those are about a little bit under 12%. Those you're only going to see locally there. <laughs> you won't see any of those I- imported. Um, most likely, a, a lot of them are uh, because they, they say, well, it's a French red wine. Okay, well, that doesn't tell me much, does it? In fact, if you want to really be there virtually, you want to know where it comes from. So then you go up one step to... The uh, France down to pay. The 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 wine comes from France. Yeah, it's like okay, great. <laughs> you think everything is good? <laughs> and it only... Yeah, no France. The <laughs> the wine's France. It's French wine. It must be good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it only costs two dollars. Two dollars so, a bottle. Oh, okay, France, right? But I charge twelve. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, probably I shouldn't even cover these things now. But anyway, uh, the Van de pay is is uh, an area. Or where you're going to see wines, and you might see some really good quality ones for the price, too. Um, okay. Uh, one of the ones that I do, um, that I've done often, we haven't done on the show, is uh, a Gris de Gris. It's a Pinot Gris wine that's done as a rosé, and it's from the Languedoc-Roussillon area. And I believe they use uh, Carignan and Grenache and a couple other. It's, it's a wonderful rosé wine, but it is basically called... That on the bottle it says Vanda Pay Doc, D hyphen O C. That means it, it is from the Lang- the Languedoc area, and it is an exquisite wine. I'd give it about ninety points. Actually, it's a wonderfully well balanced rosé, and it's about eight or nine dollars. So there you go. So depends on what what you want. Now and and again, some of the wines in this category can actually be really good. What they call garage wines. Which we talked about oh. last week, <laughs> and we're we're, we're going to yeah, make sure because he remembers that conversation. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. France, <laughs> in France, a garage wine is one that is not in the AOC, but because they go outside the system as far as the grapes they use, the processing, whatever magic they put into the bottle. But some of them are really 
ex- exceptional wines. That, Can I give the definition of the other side? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the American version of the garage wine is I buy a bunch of grapes. I don't have a place to make it. I use a crush facility, and I bottle my wine, and I sell my wine. Brands like, you know, we talked about like the Prisoner was, right. was the yeah. sort of quintessential garage yeah. wine. They right. Didn't, right. It, didn't, it didn't have a spiritual or it didn't have a physical home. It was right. a, it was a spiritual wine that was made with a crush facility and and bottled and so yes we definitely need to clear up the difference between the European garage wine and the American garage wine. But on the label, did they have a picture of an open garage? No, no, really. Oh, okay. Well, it, was, and, it became like a cult term. Yeah, people just kind of knew it. Yeah. Okay. Here's one thing. You uh, an, an an entree point, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Even oh, 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 we better, we, French. We better, stop, we better stop this French talk, French accent. Uh, we, we probably just probably uh, upset just about every Frenchman out there. We'll try to be a, a, a little bit more circumspect uh, if we can possibly. We're do just that. respecting the whole culture here at this yeah. point, and with, while we're drinking some of their best wine. Yeah. So. However, now if it's a garage wine in France. You cannot have a picture of a chateau on it. Oh. If the chateau is not yours, you cannot do it. If there's a chateau on it, it is your chateau. You can't you can't cheat on, on that. That is like the easiest thing ever to remember, right? Because you see the house, right, Kevin? Yeah. And you know that, that that's not a garage wine. That's, not garage. that's a house wine. <laughs> exactly. Now, let's not talk about the term house wine. Let's right. Oh, because that, that would be the Vinda table. That would be the Vinda table. House that's wine from here France. has a totally different definition. <laughs> These French are very particular, and they, they, they change it just enough to kind of screw with you to make sure that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, oh, those Americans, they don't know what the garage wine is. I serve it to them. Oh, here you go again with the Sorry. French accent. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's not right. Okay, all right. Anyway, th- so the AOC is the widest one. That's about over 53%. So it's, you know, and that's what you're going to see the most of. And, uh, again, it's very restrictive, so you already have some guarantee, you know, exactly where it came from, the kind of grapes that they were going to do and, and all that. And, and that's all part of what you want to put together when you're, when, when you're analyzing these. And, and no disrespect to them, but it's, it's also about marketing and name recognition and you choosing a wine from a region that you are familiar with and you want to explore, so it, it really points you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Oh, but absolutely! It, but it's a way to market the wines as well. It's a great and way. Not only that, but if you try to take your sparkling wine and call it a champagne, you will have all the demons of hell oh. from France yeah. descend upon you and tell you what a bad idea that There's was. There's still a few out there that do it. Yeah, still, yeah. they they uh, they were grandfathered in. Before That's they, absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. Well, we won't mention them by name. But there's uh, a few out there. No, I, when I mentioned I them like at all, I basically said, don't buy this wine. Yeah. <laughs> well, Laurent was doing such a good job for such a long time with Rue, and then, you know, then they absolutely say, hey, this is a little bit too close to what we're doing here in France. In fact, it's even better and getting more highly regarded. You're doing it for half the price and selling twice as much. You know, let me tell you, you need to take champagne off of your bottle. And he was dealing with that for a while and then finally just, Said okay, it's just it's sparkling. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's having a little respect too for for his quality wines and and where yeah. they come from. So, and not trying to confuse the buyer either by saying, "Oh, the champagne! Wow, this one's really cheap. This one's twenty three dollars. Wow, let's get a whole cake." No, well, it doesn't do matter that. what soft drink I'm drinking. Everything here in New Mexico is just a Coke. Uh huh. Right? Oh, do you have any Cokes? Coke. What kind? Uh, uh, no, Coke. Coke. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> so a- anyway, the uh, Bordeaux blend is is a a term we mentioned before. Again, it's not a defined term, but by the way, uh, but it does identify that in most cases in the Bordeaux area, you are going to have more than one grape making the wine. Now, in the right bank, occasionally you will see 100 percent Merlot wine. Chateau Petrus is is an example oh, of that. So and, good, and they're like as, ex- as as expensive as you can get. But most of them are are, are going to do two, sometimes three. And they can do from two to five different grapes in the left bank. And, of course, Cabernet Sauvignon is the principal one, as we know. But Merlot is the right bank principal grape. And then Merlot is typically the second one. Uh, again, they, they like that for the softness, and it kind of uh, breaks some of the high tannic elements that you get from a, a Cabernet Sauvignon. And they might add a little Cabernet Franc, which is one of the parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. And then if they venture any more, they have Petit Bordeaux and Malbec. And actually, except for the Petit Bordeaux, uh, all of those are within the 12, the 12 top wa- uh, red wine grapes in France. 
in fact, uh, Merlot is number one, and Cabernet Sauvignon is number five, Cabernet Franc number six, and coming in at number 12 is Malbec. So these these are, are grapes that are grown a lot all around there. The Bordeaux area in particular, of course, this is their principal ones, but not the only areas that do it. In fact, a lot of other people have trying to stole their thunder by using the same grapes in different areas. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, go ahead. I was, Kevin. Say, I was almost first. a bit of a horse race call there, yeah. Jim. Coming in at number 12. Is <laughs> and down the stretch. So Mal- Malbec is a bit more of a blending grape, whereas in right. South America, yeah, yeah. you know, you have that just being the entire bottle of wine. Right. Can yeah. you talk about your preference or pairings or any kind of... Because a lot of people go for Malbec, and that, obviously that's very different than what we have here today, but oh, yeah. they're like... You know, we're going to make the budget uh, decision to go for the $8 Malbec or $12 Malbec, which is, you know, horns of plenty over there, but they're all from Chile, Argentina. Talk about the differences. Well, the big difference is old world versus new world. In the in the new world, they have a lo- uh, the growing conditions are different. They can allow the grapes to uh, to come out uh, better than they would in in uh, in France. And of course, it's different soil, which is going to have an impact. The uh, the Malbecs in Argentina, of course, are highly re- regarded. Uh, they usually have a lot of blueberry compote in them. That's one of the elements I always liked in them. But that's what it is. Is okay. and, In fact, Petit Verdot is also a, a, in fact, we've even do in New Mexico, we do Petit Verdot as a 100% wine. And I can add to the Argentina thing. I was there last year, and I, and it's, uh, well, oh, lucky with, you. Uh, with, Doña, <laughs> with the folks from Doña Paula. Oh. And we were, the Ooh, thing yeah. is, the grapes were doing really well. It was, it was rocky soil. Mm-hmm. And it was high elevation. It was re- like we were nestled. Like a lot of the vineyards are nestled up against the Andes, Tough. and so you're talking, you know, f- as high as here, you're talking four or five thousand foot elevation growing conditions. Right. Very different than when when they're in Europe, right? And right. Not nearly that that elevation. No. So, no. but they were thriving there, and the, and they and the, and the, the the body, you know, just talking about doing some a lot of grilled meats, and you know the the bar, you know the. Argentinian barbecue meats and, and drinking these Malbecs with them. I mean, there's just that that kind of that kind of uh, hardiness of those wines. Oh, yeah, you, you nailed it right there. I think yeah. in terms of the pairings. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That, having well, flashbacks I'm, to that uh, that, uh, that trip, and you had a lot of Argentine beef. I'm, I'm, oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> oh yeah. And it was really I, just every meal. Everybody they serve beef with. They're like they're shocked if you don't want to eat. Meat vegetarian. <laughs> who, who are you? Vegetarian. Get out of our country. Back. Yeah, get out of our country. <laughs> we slaughter cows here. All right, let's go back to the uh, Bordeaux wine region. Jim. Okay. All right. Go- going back there. So anyway, this <laughs> we're going to sail back to, to to France. Yeah. So there, there there's four basic areas in the Bordeaux area to be aware of. Of course, we we know it's it has the coastal influence. Uh, the Gironde River is about six miles at the mouth. And then it kind of narrows down, and all the way that that peninsula on the southern peninsula, which is the left bank area, is is where you get the, the four principal lines that that we talk about a lot. So the Medoc has eight sub sub regions. Four of them are first growth chateau, um, and uh, this is the most important sub regions, of course, are Saint Estef, which is the first one you come to. Following that is Poyac, uh, P A U I L L A C. Again, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> It pronounces very different than it looks. Um, as Saint Julien and Margot uh, is is the lowest one down there, and it's also the warmest. The Margot is the warmest area of those four, and these are what we call the Omadoc. This is the the creme de la creme area within the Madoc area. Yeah, we did itself. that Saint Julien a few weeks ago. Yes, we did. Almost, yeah, just we, about we, a month ago or so. Yeah, we yeah. did too. And we we yeah. had the, the the Chateau uh, Gloria. Yeah. See, I remember the wines too. Yeah. That's, Really good stuff. Well, that was really good. Well, we also have a book with where we write all the wines down. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting after after Kevin for not pulling up his computer or showing about the Kevin. Yeah. Kevin that he had his computer. Go ahead, continue. And then the the Vernet area is is on the right bank, of course, and that's down a little bit further. And of course, then you have the Fransac, the Pomerol, and the Saint Emilion are the three principal areas. So we've had a number of Saint Emilions. We've had a Pomerol. We had a Pomerol, yeah. Yeah, we haven't had a Fransac yet. So that would be the only one of all of these that we actually Intent, haven't Kevin. had. Hint, Kevin. Got it. Yep. Noted. And then the uh, the Grave area, of course, is interesting because they do red, white, rosé, and sweet wines. And of course, mm. this is also where you get where you get the the Balzac and the Sauternes. Um, and of course, you have the uh, you have two first growths there. And of course, the beyond that, you also have uh, some really good red wines. In fact, we had a Grave 
red wine too. Did we do two of those? I'm trying to think if we did one or two. Anyway, but I don't know if I was there for that. Oh, oh, okay, that might have been. We did. We, we did a, I thought we did a rosé. Oh. the Grave, didn't we? Uh, no, I think it was a it, it was a Cabernet Sauvignon from there. Okay, that we did. And, and again, this was looking for a really good wine that was in an area that wasn't as well known. Mm-hmm. But of course, the Grave area, the red wines were what was the English called the claret. Uh, that's that's right. where they originally came from. So uh, again, that, that's another fascinating area to explore. And of course, then the Entre du Mer. Uh, if 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 you like seafood, you should be investigating a lot of the 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 wines from there. Uh, this is a, in, in what we, it's like the Delta in California, mm-hmm. and it gets a lot of that influence and the uh, the Saint Blancs and the Semillon that they do there. They usually typically blend about 15% Semillon added to the the Saint Blanc, and you end up with exquisite wines that are also very inexpensive and a great buy. And you probably got tons of those there too. By the way, what wine did you serve me? Which one? Uh, this this one is the. Chateau de la Cosse. Chateau de la Cosse. It is Argo. changing, like, unbelievably. It's, it's, it's probably opening like, up a lot Yeah, more. but a lot. Like, yeah. I haven't felt a wine, you know, I've, like, right from the very beginning, it's just, it's changed a lot. And uh, I'm going to let it, you know, kind of sit. They but, tend to do that on you. Yeah, well, <laughs> this one especially. I haven't seen one. It's like almost a different wine from the beginning. Most people drink it too fast and don't appreciate the change over time. Yeah, it's, it's just like I hate seeing people doing the chug lugging you know. It's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> is that an it, official it, term, Jim? Is that it a, is. That's an official wine term? Okay, I just want to make sure. It, 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 it is one we say in disgust. Okay. Okay. Wow, uh, holy cool. moly. Do not drink a lot of wine around Jim. <laughs> Do not chug a lug. No, you can continuously drink, just don't uh, you know, really just overdo it. That, <laughs> Don't take a couple of gulps. Yeah, that would be weird. Actually, a gulp of wine sounds awful, doesn't it? It it, it does. <laughs> I, it, well, it's a yeah, great gulp way. Wine. It's a great way to uh, not enjoy the wine at all. Yeah. Uh, because all you get is the heat and everything else, and you'll get uh, there's some red stuff in here, and that's it. It's like I'm, no. start, I'm starting to get more tannins out of it. Tannins seem to be coming out a little bit. Yeah, that that it, it would just take a look because I yeah. I was surprised at that too. Usually the tannins after a while get more integrated. But now they're 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 coming out. They're more. coming out. Yeah, it's silky uh, and thin, um, but it does have the body when uh, when it leaves a little bit of legs. Uh, the, the legs are are substantial. So yeah, I would say that you're right. Every once in a while, even a broken clock is right. Oh twice, my gosh. twice a day. That's right. right. All, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's let's move on. Move let's on. talk about. Oh, okay, so the um, oh, there was a couple things I want to talk about. This is from the wine cellar insider. I found this really fascinating. I, I actually read a lot of their stuff. So, as I mentioned, I was already looking at the different growing seasons and a lot. They, they have a lot of good information. But the guy that was talking about that was was uh, and this is his input. I don't know who the particular author was. Sorry, it could be argued that prior to 2000, Margot was a region known as much for its great terroir and reputation as it was for the number of chateaux that were underperforming based on their true potential to make great wine. Uh, that's an interesting statement. Okay, from 2000 vintage on, that was no longer the case for the Margot Appellation. And that is absolutely true. All the ones after 2000, you start seeing really a lot of big numbers for a lot of them. So, again, improvements in the left bank, uh, vineyards and winemaking technique, and obviously the desire to produce the best possible wines has, has caused that to change so that it has become a, a, a more wonderful area as, as a result of that. And he said, I think the Appalachian has never made wines of the, this level of quality in the history of the region. So this is a good time to be jumping onto Margot wines, I would, is, is what he's basically saying. And I would certainly agree with him on that. And uh, so anyway, let's look at the, so the, the, the one we have here is, uh, is, is actually, I've had to jump down again. So the, the Chateau de la Coste 2014 Margot goes for about 38. Uh, is that about what you had? Something like that. I thought it was a little more than that. Let me check. Let me take 54, a look. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was, it was more 50, than that. Yeah, fifty-four. Oh, okay. All right. My mistake. Okay. Thank and, you, Eddie. And, <laughs> hey, I'm on top of it. I just want to make sure you know. I mean, uh, this is something. Uh, I want to tell you, thank you, uh, Kevin, for always uh, taking the time to bring a high quality wine in and uh, making this uh, show even more interesting oh, than absolutely. it already was. Absolutely. It's, it's a whole different. Uh, Radio show when we have Kevin with us, believe me. Oh, you guys are too kind. 
so kind. Kevin, we love you. We oh. love having you here, man. It's a, it's a, it's a different show. Yep. Seriously, it's uh, we we appreciate you. So, but when you have to work, even though we both, you know, <laughs> do us, we're okay with that too because you've got a big responsibility. Right oh, now. Yeah. please, please, yep. it's it's my pleasure to be here to take time out to to help with the this show. This is a this is a, a passion project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that interests me when I'm reading about the Chateau uh, de la Casa is made using young vines. Okay, normally you do older vines and selected fruit from the Chateau Pavel de Luz, which is the that that's the, the parent company uh, or parent uh, people actually. The vines are grown in gravelly soil and subsoil, leaf thinning in in July at the least exposed side to the sun, and in August for the most exposed side. Again, this is a, a, a matter of pruning that is critical. In a lot of areas where you don't have as much sunlight, uh, so that's part of the green harvesting before ripening period, manual harvest, sorting, destocking, and maceration in 48 hours, and then the fermentation in stainless steel for 21 days, wine aged 12 months, and French oak 25% new. So, wow, and and that that shows up the younger vine elements uh, d- does show up in in this wine with, yeah. with with some of the flavors that that you get from it. Tasting those brilliant ruby color with purple reflections. Aromas of black fruit and cassis with hints of cinnamon and sandalwood. Wine is soft, satisfying, and elegant with a lush berry taste. By the way, cinnamon and sandalwood come from the, the oak. Uh, that That's two classic elements that you get from uh, oak, and particularly from okay. oak. So that's part of what you, what you would expect from wine like that. I can't disagree with that description. It's hitting all the marks. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's a very imp- impressive wine. Yeah. The second one is also impressive, but in a slightly different way. And this one is the Chateau Latour de Mont, 2016 Margot, 14.5% alcohol. Uh, again, 2016 was a big year. They actually could uh, leave the, the grapes on the vine longer uh, to get the higher alcohol that they want. And uh, it it definitely is a really impressive wine, I think. It's a uh, 34.99 at uh, Total Wine. And, uh, in fact, I think I'm going to get more of this one. <laughs> We are drinking it a little young, by the way. This one is definitely yeah. young. We're, we're, get, we're getting in, inside of it uh, about four years, uh, five years too early. Yeah. It, it's, uh, again, this one is also in the northern uh, sectors of Margot. Is, the estate is from the 13th century. Uh, sumptuous wine with enormous power mitigated by the tall mineral texture and black currant flavors. The finely wrought wine that will take time to age. Drink from 2024. This was Roger Voss gave it 94 points. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it is definitely tasting young. But it's also very impressive, even as it, in its young stage. It's, it's, uh, it's a really big, big wine. Well, wow, did, have you had a chance to try any of that when you I have on? not tried the no, second. I'm, no, I haven't tried it uh, yet. Uh, just uh, on number one. But uh, well, let me reset it, and I'll let you guys do the pour, and then I'll take my glass in there, and I'm still... You know, uh, uh, by the way, uh, for a, a second, for everybody out there, we should probably talk about the poor for so many people. It's like one of the most basic things that we should get right. And obviously, like gulping, you don't want to, you know, pour to here or pour to here. Uh, a, no. a, 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 a pour, you should pull out. It, it's recommended five, but you want to be a four ounce pour. I think always that's right because you're thinking of six glasses out of it and. Oftentimes you see wine glass setups, and they're normally with six people. Right. You know, so, right. so there's a there's a reason for that. There's 25.2 uh, ounces in uh, every bottle of wine. So and the, the when pour, we're tasting, I mean, I'm I'm even going like that low. I mean, we're talking. Yeah. We're not, so, we're not talking so about a lot. The pour is here. about right there, folks. Yeah. When you're looking at it, so that's about. So I'm probably have about two ounces uh, mm-hmm. right there, maybe an ounce and a half, two ounces. But you're looking at maybe as it wide, just about right there below the. Change. So you let everything on top of the glass, okay? And then you don't have to get out a measuring stick. Well, it's a four-ounce pour. They said a four-ounce. No, it's, you're, you're killing the joy of it. The pour is right around the fattest part of the wine glass. And we have different wine glasses. Uh, would you mind showing each of your wine glasses? Uh, there you go. So obviously a, a larger, that's a, a, a bigger uh, wine glass that Jim has, and then uh, Kevin has the same size wine glass that I do. But you know, Kevin, I mean, uh, Jim's the big taster uh, over there, so he's he's going to know <laughs> he's more. He's the but, alpha taster, but he's also yeah, the one that's right. going to be able to have. He's going to have more. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 
He's, he's big on skates and big with big with glasses. There he is. So, you know, when we're looking at that, just just keep that in mind. I think that's an, an important thing to know. And, and as we said earlier, just like gulping, you, you, you want to take the time to watch the change in the very alive. You know, this thing is staying alive. It's like a baby in a bottle, uh, really. Um, and, you know, you're, we're recommending on this, uh, the second one, Latour, that uh, a pour after 2024, that's something you're going to store through four, five, six years. And right. it's only going to get better up until a diminishing return, probably 12, 15 years in. Yeah, well, it, it depends on, uh, Margos usually can last a pretty long time. That yeah. is, that's one of the wonderful things about them. And the, the legs on this, I don't think it shows up really on, on the screen, but that, this one has serious legs. And, uh, so, and this is a, uh, we noticed this is a winery direct wine from Total Wine. So Yes, it is. You're not going to find this wine anywhere else. Um, what does that mean? It, it means it's, it's, it's I'm not going to say private label, but it's about as close to private label as you can get. You're, you're, they're, they're only selling it to Total Wine. And mm-hmm. so it's essentially private label. Uh, right. And so, yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm not a fan of personally because it's, it's not, uh, you know, we don't, we don't carry these brands for them. So I can't, I'm not going to be on the air here endorsing these winery direct private label wines, but it's good to compare to see what you like and what you don't like. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you go into that, if you go in there and you have a brand in mind, please buy the brand you had in mind. Don't let them change your mind because they're really good at that. Well, gentlemen, we got about 10 more minutes here uh, on the show oh, and wow. uh, love getting all the education uh, from both of these we gentlemen, talk about both these from a financial uh, standpoint and uh, then, of course, from a tasting and understanding standpoint that we get from, from Jim. I mean, this is a great show we've been running for some time. I mean, seven years plus uh, of right. the Spirits of New Mexico. Jim, thanks for putting in all the work. Uh, um, but, you know, this is our, 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 our chance to talk about some of the fun parts of wine. And you might feel, oh, those wine people are quite snobby there. You know, oh, these wine people, I don't know why they think they, you know. What kind of accent is that, Eddie? I don't know. It's, it's my accent. <laughs> okay. What are you talking about? I, it's okay. whatever accent I want. It's Fair enough. Sorry. It is, it is a wine. I mean to get in a hub. <laughs> it is a wine snub accent is what it is, you know, yeah. with the nose and the air and all that. Yes, yes, that's how we do that. Yeah, and, Thank and, you, and, Jim. And, <laughs> thanks for bailing me out on that. <laughs> is that what I did? Okay. You did. I, you know, I, I, needed, sure. I needed to be bailed out. I, I, I'm not an accent guy. Whatever. Anyway, so, you know, uh, we all know wine snobs. Um, and, uh, again, one of the things you do as a psalm, they tell you right about is you're not there to impress people with what you know about wine. You're there to help them enjoy their wine more. But that's that's what a psalm is, is told to do. A lot of other people, they they get some knowledge and they get a little crazy, you know, <laughs> when it comes to the wine. I mean, they, they seriously do. And and so the wine file they had, I think, like 50 different ones. I called about 10 from that. And that these these are the ones that 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 I found as totally unbelievable as possible. I said, but I you know I've experienced almost every one of those. Mm-hmm. The first one here, and they're all eye rollers. I'll tell you, first one was I can really smell the two percent petite Verdot. <laughs> really, you notice that in the wine labels? So much for the art of blending, right? You know, you're not supposed to notice that there's two percent there. It's just something about the grape that that you get to, and you might have said something about structure. But you didn't say anything about structure. You said you said something that was on the on the wine label. You idiot. Anyway, so that's <laughs> just me. <laughs> Number two, asking for the dosage of a champagne and turning an upper lip even before tasting it. Why? Because it was not in the current trend. Oh dear, it's not in the current trend. No, it's it's actually about the dosage. The, the dosage, but by the way, is that's what you do the secondary fermentation in, right? And uh, so they're basically saying. This is not, and it's like, and you can actually detect the 0.0 milliliter difference between that? No, you can't. Uh, you idiot. Anyway. I, I, I got to tell you, the, the petit Verdot just hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I could literally see the person who's, who's like, yo, oh, look at the back of the bones. I can really smell the 2% Verdot. <laughs> Yeah, but by the way, Petit Verdot doesn't have any aroma, so good, good luck on that one. But yeah, great moments in wine. Oh yeah, this this one I love too. Bring a spittoon with their name on it, <laughs> okay? Probably because they will binge drink it when in their cups. Oh, good heavens, was that your spit I'm picking up here? It's like really, Is <laughs> who that does what? that? <laughs> <laughs> 
eat your own like they're cracking sunflower seeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Number four, swirl and sniff a perfectly good glass of 99 Canalicchio Brunello before dumping the entire glass without tasting and asking to move on. <laughs> move on? What do you mean? We're, uh, anyway, yeah, the, uh, this is someone who uh, who invited Miles to this thing, right? Because that, that's, that's what he, he would do. Cabernet Franc is, 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 is says, I, I, I never expect anything great from a Cabernet Franc because he's pouring it out, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, right. But the one that won the silver medal, right? And and you know better. Okay, fine. Anyway, at a, at a tasting room, I was pouring, and a woman walked up and stated she didn't like sweet wines. I knew there was an excellent sweet Riesling with great acidity to offset it on the menu. When it came time for the Riesling, I said nothing as I poured it. She sampled it and loved it. Couldn't resist, so I mentioned that it had 3.7% residual sugar. She picked up the glass, dumped it in the dump bucket, and said sternly to me, I told you I don't like sweet wines. That that was my personal wow. favorite. It's like, uh, are we sure we're not talking about bad dates as you were growing <laughs> up or something? This is unbelievable. Oh, like people yeah. that you run into in the wine world, maybe. Yeah, I haven't found. I found. Well, yeah, there was some that said they only want a sweet wine, um, and, and you know, and it's just like, or I I want a dry wine. Okay, here's a dry wine for you. Try this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, how come I have no moisture left in my mouth? Well, you said you want a dry wine. This is really dry. Yeah, you know, maybe I really did want a sweet wine. Give him a bottle of green chili wine. Oh, this okay. is really dry. Here you oh, go. Oh, Stucco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll put don't that in, right on you. Don't inhale. Don't inhale with that. Uh, yeah. Someone told me it was a, a windy season because he could taste dust, dust on the grapes. Okay. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> dust in the wind was playing in the background, right? And it just uh, in, impacted on their brain. Uh, Did you I, come up with these on your own, perhaps? No, no. They, they, these are from Wine Folly. Uh, really? Article. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're so funny. Yeah, they, they, like I said, this is the, the top ten that I found that was out there. Okay. A couple ask if, at, at every winery if they scrape the leaves to every oh. tasting room staff's amusement. If not, the wine was not up to standard for them to try. After three unsuccessful winery visits, I realized they wanted to say, stir the leaves. And had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> and you wonder why servers have nightmares. It's like, uh, stir the leaves? No, we don't do that. <laughs> By the way, the greatest uh, three words in the English language for anybody to say is, I don't know. Exactly. Wouldn't you say? It, and besides, it, it, I love you, I think I don't know is probably the three best words. Yeah. and Then you could actually have a conversation about something. Because you've they, they've checked their ego, you've checked your ego, and it's like, oh my God, it's a chance yeah. for us to kind of figure out what to do here. Yeah. You know? Well, as a teacher, that's one thing I love is you, you. Except you can't say those three words when somebody asks, "What do you want for dinner?" So that's the only time you can't use wow, those three nice words. Job. You're right. And a lot of personal, right. a lot of personal experience coming I'm out. I'm just saying uh, it, here, does, it doesn't <laughs> work. In, it doesn't work anywhere. Either that's side. True. That's true. Yeah. Right, no, as soon as, as soon as you're hesitating and they pick up the frying pan, you really better come <laughs> up with a decision. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Number eight. I recall once a person coming into my wine shop asking for a Ferrari Corano Fumé Blanc, hmm. uh, which we've had recently. is re- a really, it is really good. Is. I did not. I didn't have a bottle in stock, so I steered her to another similar barrel-aged Sonoma County Sauvignon Blanc. Now he says barrel-aged. Now that's one of the things. Fumé Blanc. They're going to do some oak on it, and that gives you some of the elements that would call you Fumé Blanc. So one was insistent that I give her Fumé Blanc because, I paraphrase, I don't like Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> okay. Well, see, now this one we can blame on Mondavi, yes. right? Because he His was fault. the one that came up with the term Fumé Blanc. And it was a good marketing term, but it actually differentiated a little bit. Uh, in fact, when we say Pinot Grigio or Pinot Gris, we're used to talking about the same grape, but a different style of doing it. Uh, so... It, it's the same grape, though, dear. Uh, Madeline really knows what she's talking about. She really knows her wines. Oh, yeah, she's My great. gosh. And the, the, I think the cultural, I think Kevin would probably agree, the cultural aspect of wine is as interesting, if not sometimes more interesting than all the wines themselves. Kevin, what do you think? Oh, yeah, say? absolutely. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, right, what, what people know, don't know, claim to know. Um, yeah. Try to, perf- you know, Two ways you can tell something about uh, a person that you're about to do business with, you're about to create a friendship with. Uh, drink a glass of wine with them or uh, go play golf with them. Yeah. I, I always wow. say, I mean, I don't profess to know as much about the I, I mean, I have 
Love you. So far to go in learning about the wine industry. So, I mean, I, I've only just the tip of the iceberg. Of the knowledge. guy sells wine for a living. Yeah. And, like, even he's saying, like, I don't know. See, folks? Well, that's what I, you know, uh, uh, I thought. Uh, Beautiful. I got bored with computer science, believe it or not, when I was teaching. After a while, I was just like, oh, I, I need some new information here, you know. With wine, I never had that problem. Never, never run bored. out. There's always more things to learn. Always. Yeah. It's constant. And, and I, as, as an educator, I love that. That's just me. I love learning from the people that know more than me. I love talking to the people that know more about wine. Because every time I talk to them, I pick up something new and I learn something new. And, and, and the great part is just passing along the knowledge in a humble way. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. And usually you get their passion along with it, too. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, 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 it makes for a very you gotta be humble. conversation. Got to be humble about it. Yeah, That's the key. Oh. All right, final two. The hell with, hell with that. Anyway, the smelling of armpits to cleanse the nose palate. <laughs> oh. You really don't want to be sitting next to someone uh, doing this in their wine tasting, That's do I'm you? Done. I'm no, done. I don't I'm think done. so. Or smelling really somebody else's armpit to cleanse your palate. Great show yeah. until <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, that That would be worth That would almost be like like drinking the spit bucket. Uh, All right, we got uh, we got to finish on a high note, Jim. Uh, okay. Please, <laughs> this please. Is, this is a low note. Oh, okay. gosh, no. Oh, don't go there. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, don't do it. I witnessed so someone vomit into a, t- a dump bucket after tasting way too uh, much wine. He then gave the tasting notes of a regurgitated cob franc, <laughs> proclaimed it was better the second time around. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that gets a Paul Giamatti award of uh, approval. It's got go. to. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't care anymore. There you go. Good stuff, folks. Thanks, everybody, for listening here in the Kiva. AM 600 KIVA 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. Thanks for watching us. Live on Facebook Live, and we'll be back same time, same place next week. Thanks for wrapping the week with us. And, of course, stay tuned. The best of Sean Hannity is next. We've got Arc Big Night, all the great programs that you've come to know and love from only here in the Kiva. Calling of your heartstrings that play soft and low. Get all the night's magic seem to win.